Welcome to the Hypnotoad Podcast on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. It's Andrew Zimmel, and I have been right a lot recently. Hopefully you got your dancing shoes, because TCU, they're going to the big dance. A sixth seed in the NCAA March Madness Tournament. We'll get into all of that. We'll talk about the Big 12 Tournament. We'll talk about some uh, matchups that TCU might see in the tournament, all that and more. But first, got to remind you, subscribe, rate, review wherever you get your podcast. Make sure that you uh, give us a good rating, help spread the word. Always love to interact with you guys on Twitter as well. You can follow Harlan College Sports on Twitter, or you can follow me as well and interact with all of our content at Andrew underscore Zimmel on Twitter. Well, TCU, they're dancing, baby. And uh, man, second straight bid to the NCAA tournament on Sunday as they head to Denver, Colorado. Now, before TCU knew where they were going to go, I saw a ranking of all of the different places for fans, right? For the fans, where would you want to go to watch your team play? And, you know, there's Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah, there's all these different places. And Colorado, Denver, Colorado, was voted number one by college basketball fans to see your team play at that location. So the fact that TCU is going there for the alumni, for the fans that can go out and support in Denver, congratulations, because I think TCU got a pretty sweet deal uh, in that. Now, they didn't get a sweet deal when it comes out to the drawing of who they're going to play because they play the 11 seed, either Arizona State or Nevada. That game will be on Friday at 9.05 Central. Okay, So that's where we, we know what time, we just don't know who we will be playing. So that's fun. It's the first time since 1953. And I had to double check that because I couldn't believe it. First time since 1953, TCU men's basketball has played in the NCAA tournament in consecutive seasons. Which, you know, as Horn Frog fans, we kind of know that TCU, a men's basketball school, we are not. Put it that way, right? There's a lot of fun stuff with football. Baseball has always been really good, but you can even remember back to the Mountain West days, it, the basketball team was never something to write home about. And they were good. They were competitive. You'd have seasons where they would upset uh, a top-seeded team or they, they'd have an upset against a ranked opponent. But for the most part, they were not a super competitive team. And I think that that has really changed here in the last five years. And, you know, it proves it. Back-to-back NCAA tournament bids. And as a six seed, too, I'm feeling pretty good. Number 22, ranked TCU, 21-12. and 12. They finished tied for fifth in the Big 12 Conference, and they have all-conference Big 12 guys coming back in uh, Damian Blau, Mike Miles Jr., and Emmanuel Miller. So all three of those guys will be playing. Uh, they have six wins against AP Top 25 teams this year, which I believe is a record as well, and of course including those all-conference players, three of them for TCU. So, again... Without playing an NCAA tournament game, you're already looking at this season as a super successful one. Uh, The other thing that's super successful has been me making predictions on this podcast. Now, you remember my most famous prediction was that TCU could beat Georgia in the uh, national championship. That did not come to fruition. Now, I will be the first to admit, I wear my losses on the sleeve just like everybody else. I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong. But I'm also not afraid to remind you when I'm right. And I told you that when TCU came into the Big 12 tournament, I felt like they had a little bit of momentum, and I felt like the rivalry between Kansas State and TCU is a blossoming one in the Big 12. 
There's always going to be solid rivalries in this conference. But I love the fact that Kansas State and TCU is now becoming the premier rivalry between these two schools. Of course, we have football. Of course, we're going to have baseball. But the basketball rivalry this season between these two has been outstanding. I cannot stress enough. I told you that they were going to beat Kansas State, which they did. And I told you that I didn't like their chances against Texas. Texas is a great team. To beat a good team once is hard enough. To beat a good team twice is near impossible. And TCU, of course, lost by 6, 66-60 in the semifinals to the eventual Big 12 tournament champion, Texas Longhorns. Now, they beat Kansas in that tournament, or the Big 12 tournament championship. Here's my question for you. As a fan, would you rather have your team win the regular season tournament or win the conference tournament at the end of the year? Would you rather be the regular season champion or the conference tournament champion? I've always been wrestling with this because I think that the regular season tournament or the regular season champion is kind of like the winner of the marathon. You know, the, throughout the year, you did the best job at the marathon. You were able to secure the wins on those random Tuesday nights in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Okay. You were able to get the job done when other people, you know, maybe taking some nights off, maybe academically, you you know, you're more focused on your schoolwork than you are at the basketball game. That's fair. The regular season champion to me is the winner of a marathon. The tournament champion is to me what matters most. I think the tournament champion is the thing that I would kind of hang my hat on. So for Kansas to lose to Texas in the Big 12 championship, I, I don't know. I would be curious to talk to a Jayhawk fan. It's not like they've had any uh, success at basketball. They're, they're a pretty dang good team, so it makes sense. So TCU, they beat Kansas State, lost to Texas, just like I said it was happening. But the thing that kind of caught my surprise is how big of a lead TCU jumped out on on Kansas State in that Big 12 tournament game. It helps when you hit 12 or hit 11 threes, not 12 threes, hit 11 threes in that game for TCU. It's even better when you force 20 turnovers. Kansas State was sloppy with the ball in that game. I did not anticipate TCU shooting 11 threes and making them, but I'll take it. I'll take it. That's a, that's a solid win. I thought this game was going to come down to more of working the ball in the paint, um, taking shots late in the shot clock, uh, Mike Miles Jr. getting to the hole. I, I was kind of anticipating that, and that really wasn't the case. Uh, Mike Miles Jr., he tied game high, 22 points. It's his 22nd game in double figures this season out of the 24 games and his eighth game scoring 20 or more points this year. Uh, the other thing that kind of caught my attention, he went four of seven from downtown. He hit four threes in that, which is... When watching the game, I didn't think that they were bad shots, which makes me really, really excited for this week because it feels like TCU's finally getting into that rhythm when it comes to shooting down, shooting from deep. I, I've said this about a lot of college teams that when you watch a college basketball game in 2023, you almost could confuse it for a basketball game in 2003. There's not, there hasn't been a big shift. You know, with the way the game's played. The defenses are very similar. Uh, the offenses are essentially the same. They, they really haven't changed all that much. You would think that there would be this boom of three-point shooting in college basketball, and it really hasn't been the case. So when a team like TCU hits 11 threes, part of me is really excited because I'm hoping that maybe this is an indicator going forward that, like, hey, maybe TCU becomes a big three-point shooting team. If they can hit them, let's do it. The other thing is the defense. 
to force 20 turnovers. I, I mentioned that Kansas State was sloppy with the ball, which they were, but TCU's defense was really, really good in that game. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited that they beat Kansas State because I hate Kansas State. I'm more excited that uh, the defense really looked good because they held Kansas State to 67 points. They held Texas to 66. So they're holding these opponents under 70 points. You're going to win a lot of ball games like that. It's the second season TCU has made it to the semifinals of the Big 12 tournament. Uh, they lost by six to the eventual champion Longhorns. Texas led for the majority of that game. If you missed it, it was pretty much all Texas from the beginning. They jumped out to a little bit of a lead. I think it got up to about seven or eight points in that first uh, couple minutes. TCU, they fought the entire time, though. They stuck around, and they had a chance late in the uh, second half to try to mount a comeback, and it just came up short. And a day after hitting four threes, Mike Miles had 15 points, three made threes. In both of the Big 12 tournament games for TCU, the starting five did an excellent job on the defensive end of the court. And that's something to be really excited about if you're a Horn Frog fan. Really excited about if you're a Horn Frog fan. That the starting five is locked in on defense. Okay, uh, I was kind of cautious, cautiously optimistic, we'll say, coming into this tournament, into the Big 12 tournament, because I said to myself, Mike Miles Jr. has missed a lot of time. The guys who have been playing have done a really good job on defense. The guys who have been playing finally kind of feel like they're playing team defense, not just individual defense. I I felt good defensively coming in, and I think that the tournament has really kind of solidified where I'm feeling. Now, the thing about the NCAA tournament, and I think everybody can agree on this, is that all it takes is to play four really good weeks of basketball. Okay, if you just play four really good weeks of basketball, if you're playing your best basketball right now, then you have a shot to win the whole thing. Now, do I think TC is going to win the whole thing? We'll talk about that a little bit later. But I'm just saying that I feel like TC is finally kind of hitting their stride right where they need to be. Uh, they did a really good job on Texas forcing them to take bad shots. And that's part of the thing that you don't really talk about when you talk about defense. Of course, you talk steals, you talk blocks. But you don't talk about, like, forcing teams into bad shots or making them settle for shots late in the shot clock. Texas went 2 of 14 from downtown. That's not great, okay? 1 of 7, you know, what is that, like 7%? I don't know. I am bad at math. 2 of 14 from the uh, behind the arc is pretty solid, I would say. I'll take that. If you can force teams into bad shots, that's, uh, that's part of the winning strategy, I think, for Coach Jamie Dixon and uh, this TCU team. Speaking of Jamie Dixon... And speaking of the TCU team, we didn't talk about this last week because it didn't happen until after we recorded the podcast. But there is an elephant in the room, and I didn't want to address it early in the podcast. I want to kind of hit it right now, okay? Right here in the sweet spot. Because this is a thing that could shift if TCU is a one and done or if TCU can find a way to make a little bit of a run. I said Elite Eight is my where I would really love them to be. A Sweet 16 appearance would be really nice, too. I, I would I Somewhere in between there, Elite Eight and Sweet 16 is where I kind of want this TCU team to end up. It's not going to help that uh, Eddie Lampkin, he left the team right before the Big 12 tournament. Now, there's a lot of things that go into this, okay? I liked Lampkin all year. I talked very highly. I gave him a lot of praise on this podcast, and I know a lot of different people have given him praise 
in the Metroplex. In Fort Worth, I can I can tell you right now that there are some guys that cover this team who are very high on him. They thought that he was one of the better players on the roster. So when he didn't play in the Big 12 tournament, when he left the team right before the tournament, that's unneeded, unneeded uh, rocking of the boat. And now, of course, everybody writes the articles later, right? They write the think pieces. Oh, he's wasted this perfect opportunity with TCU. Oh, this TCU team's really good, and he he was a linchpin of it, and now... You know, he's not there anymore. He left. And the reason he left, allegedly, according to his mother, uh, who post or I said, she texted Jamie Dixon, as parents do. They, they text coaches. That's not abnormal. The thing that is abnormal is taking those texts and then posting them on Instagram like Eddie did. And uh, allegedly, Dixon made racial comments towards Lampkin uh, and he is now entering the transfer portal. Now, look, I'm going to be honest. This is not my area of expertise. Okay, I'm not going to be able to tell you here, like, oh, he should suck it up. Like, I, I don't know what Dixon said. You don't know what Dixon said. The only people who know what's going on is that TCU coaching staff and Eddie Lampkin. But I will tell you this, that this is a big loss. I'm chalking it up as if somebody got hurt right before the tournament. If if this guy got hurt right before the tournament, wasn't able to suit up, and just wasn't able to play, we'd all be saying, like, oh, this is such a disappointment. This guy, he, he contributed so much. It's just a shame that he cannot be part of this, like, run that TCU's trying to go on. But the fact that he left, it, either one of two things. Either he's the most selfish guy in the world, which... I haven't seen him being that selfish. I have not seen him being a selfish player in the years that I've watched him play. He's either the most selfish guy in the world who's saying, hey, I'm leaving the team, even though we have a chance here to make something happen, even though we have a chance here to make some noise in the NCAA tournament, for the first time, really put our names and stamp the TCU brand on Marsh Madness bracket. Look, I'm making my bracket today. I can tell you, I have him going pretty far, you know? Like, I have this, is, this is a team that could make a little bit of noise. Either he's the most selfish guy in the world, or he's at his last, the last straw. You know what I mean? Like, it was the, it was the thing that pushed him over the edge. Lampkin averaged 6.3 points per game, almost six rebounds, and assists a game. They're losing a ton of size in the middle. Uh... He was so good when Mike Miles Jr. was out. That's the other thing, is that like he was part of the reason that the TCU Horned Frogs were able to kind of just continue to tread water when Mike Miles Jr. was out with that knee injury all pretty much, what, the last third of the season? So for to lose him after being one of like the linchpin players, it's not great, and it leaves a really bad taste in my mouth. Now, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that two things can be true. I'm hoping that Eddie Lampkin has, like, justified in what he is doing, leaving the team. And I hope that uh, Jamie Dixon did not say racial things towards his uh, starting forward. So, all right, let's talk about it. TCU, they're a sixth seed. They will be playing at the 11th seed, the winner of Arizona State and Nevada. Now, Arizona State, 22-12 and 12 on the season. They're coached by Duke legend Bobby Hurley, okay? They made it to the semifinals of the Pac-12 tournament before losing to number 8 Arizona, 78-59. Nevada, they're 22-10 and 10 in the Mountain West. The selection for them to get into the NCAA tournament, it marks the first appearance 
uh, in the NCAA tournament since 2019, since before COVID. And it's Steve Alford's 12th career appearance, the head coach of the uh, Wolfpack. He represents six different schools. So that's a, that's a record now. He's gotten six different schools to the NCAA uh, a tournament appearance, which is, I think, really cool. I really like those type of stories. You know, sometimes all it takes is you finding the right niche. I, I tell people this all the time. I'm like, all you need to do is find what your role is at a company, find what your role is in a, in a relationship, and then just really excel at that. And to get six different teams to the NCAA tournament is really, really cool. Now, who would I rather see? Vegas is telling us that Nevada is going to beat Arizona State. From all of the different things I've seen today, it's looking like Nevada is picked to win by two points, by three points. It's going to be a close game. Every prediction I have seen has been somewhere in the kind of mid-70s to high-60s range when you talk about like the, the score, right? I personally would rather face Nevada. And here's why. I'd rather face Nevada because I think TCU matches up better with Nevada. We talked about Lampkin being done. Like, he left. He's in the transfer portal. He's gone. So I don't want to face a team with some size. Arizona State, not the most massive team in the middle, but they do have a little bit of size, and they've been able to bang with some teams in the Pac-12 that also have a little bit of size. Whereas Nevada does not have that. They're led by two guards, all things being equal. And we'll talk about this hopefully later this week. We'll talk about, like, the matchup and all those different things. Uh, my hope is is that TCU facing Nevada, TCU gets the win and advances to the next round. The Horn Frogs are the sixth in the NCAA tournament for the second time since 2018, when TCU fell to Syracuse 57 to 52 after the Orange won their playing game as an 11 seed. TCU has now reached the NCAA tournament three times since head coach Jamie Dixon took over in 2016. They were a nine seed in the NCAA tournament last year upsetting eight-seed Seton Hall before falling just short against number one seed, Arizona. So, TCU, the basketball team, I'm feeling pretty good about them. That's what I'm going to leave it at here as we wrap up the podcast. I'm feeling pretty good. I would like to see Nevada. I would much rather have them face Nevada than Arizona State. I think Nevada will beat Arizona State, and uh, once that happens, we will come back to you with another podcast, hopefully, uh, and talk about the matchups and all things TCU. That's going to do it for me this week or for this podcast as we talk about TCU going dancing. Hypnotoad Podcast on the Harlan College Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review everywhere you get your podcast. And uh, thanks for listening.